Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Saints Preserve Us, the podcast where we dissect the mad lives and strange rides that produced history's most inspiring group of beautiful misfits, the Catholic Saints. I am Mike, the moderator, which is kind of like Dan, the automator, except not nearly as cool or famous. With me today, and hopefully forevermore, are the authors of the best-selling book, Saints Preserve Us, upon which this podcast is based, Sean Kelly and Rosemary Rogers. Hello, Sean Kelly and Rosemary Rogers. How are you? Hey, Mike. Hi, Mike. We're on top of the world, as far as I can tell. (laughs) Oh, great. We're great. Great. Well, uh, this is ostensible. Oh, of course. Of course, everyone does. It's radio. Um, so ostensibly, this is our, our debut episode. So I kind of wanted to dip our toes in the water today. Uh, not holy water, because I don't think you're allowed to do that. I don't know. No. You could tell me. You could, okay, you, you're so. allowed to do it if you can cross yourself with your feet. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Like if you don't, if you were, if you don't have arms, are That's you, right. can you do sure. that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know the protocols as well as, as both of you. So today I just kind of wanted to orient us a bit for our audience of who knows, dozens. <laughs> I don't know. So I want to talk about uh, you, how you met, how this book came about, and more generally, like what saints <laughs> are, what people need to know about them, who are the standouts, and, and that's it. So. Let's just start out with uh, with your background. Like, who are you? How did you meet? How did you end up writing this book? Tell us everything. Oh, you know, we don't like to talk about how we met. No. Like, well, that's, of... that's a bummer of a start. <laughs> yeah. we, we can't do that. <laughs> but, uh, we, but we did after, meet. <laughs> after we met, we used to talk about the, that at that time, there was a fair amount of people going around asking other people what their sign is. I mean, it was one of the, those waves of astrology that comes and goes. And we thought it was much more important to know who your patron saint is. I mean, because that astrology is just superstition. Mm-hmm. And is that not, don't you think, Rosemary, what got us on the... I, uh, think, I think that is. And we also had very strong feelings for and against certain saints and loved them and hated them, whether we... whether. It made sense or not, because we're both a little, <laughs> we're both a little crazy. And I, I have always thought that we, if you can believe Albert Camus, who I used to hang around with, we were on the same stickball team. <laughs> he said in the plague in La Peste, the only problem we have now is how to be a saint without God. Oh. Right? And that resonates with me somehow and i uh, that question of how do i how can i be a saint do i know anybody who's a saint uh and and so forth uh and rosemary is actually uh, a living saint pretty close to it you know we we don't know where god is i mean no we don't have no idea but we do know where the saints are and Mm -hmm. they are everywhere you just don't see them yeah but they're not like angels who are kind of no 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 Kind of airy fairy, except for Saint Michael, the archangel, saint and he is a saint. First of, first of exactly. Course. But 
there was also that time when people had angels all over the place. And oh, yeah. Rosemary and I thought, no, saints is who you want. Then, That's true. That was a bad time. But saints are genuinely historical characters. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they were here as surely as Napoleon was here. And they were uh, kings. And uh, yes, and they were lepers. There's a whole set of saints that are official, mm-hmm. right, that, they, that they have been canonized and are, uh, we have it on the Pope's authority, <laughs> which is the highest, really, that they are saints. But many of the most interesting saints, let's say St. Christopher, who everyone is familiar with, was never canonized at all. He might, in fact, I think we're agreed now, might not have been a historical person. Or even right? a non-historical person. So, yeah. so there, so there are, there are saints who are, are, Official saints, but haven't gone through the canonization process. That's right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. It was, it was cult of personality, really. The original yeah. saints were martyrs. It was understood that if you died for the faith, you went to heaven. You were saved. You, you, your afterlife was good. And the first saint that people agreed was a saint, even though he hadn't been martyred for his for the faith, was Saint Nicholas better known as Santa Claus. <laughs> and, and, and Nicholas was obviously such a wonderful, good, kind, loving, generous person who also did fabulous miracles that it was understood that he was a saint. And, and he really and, did like kids, too. Yeah, he really was a good guy, apparently. He had a broken nose because he got into a fight with a with a heretic at a, in Rome once, but and they, when they dug him up, he did have a broken nose. Mm-hmm. We, that's that's a true story. <laughs> but there are but, a lot of saints that were like the neighborhood crazy lady, you know, who yeah. used to levitate or fly, and and mm-hmm. they got to become saints because of the miraculousness of their very existence. Right. The ne- the second saint that was generally in in the the church east and west recognized was Saint Martin of Tours, who is an historical person who uh, obviously was there was some he had some kind of charisma and he's the one who cut his cloak in two to share with a beggar and he's usually pictured doing that uh, he's important because his feast day the feast of saint martin is when the new wine comes in so it, it, he's a patron saint of being drunk off your face <laughs> <laughs> which is we, they, we, they, we have to have a saint too Whereas, say, St. Saint, Clement, who's the patron saint of Alcoholics Anonymous? Well, there's Matt Talbot was, too. Was, yes. I, oh, he was the AA saint. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't a very attractive guy. And no, he wasn't. He did not, no. have, he did not have charisma. No. He, he's, I think he's a saint uh, of, definitely of the pioneers in Ireland. And of, right. So this process of of saints and creating saints kind of came about, and correct me if I'm wrong, with these kind of local cults around certain people, and unofficially they they were recognized as these as these miraculous uh, individuals, and then eventually the the Catholic Church, which I guess was the just the Roman church at the, at the time mm-hmm. started to, to bring them into the fold and make it official. And they built like this canonization process, which still exists 
and which has gotten very Byzantine and very corporate the way they do saints now. I mean, it's oh, certainly, the, it's certainly the, to make people. someone a saint now requires a great deal, great deal of money, which is mm-hmm. uh, there you are. But Luther was right about the Catholic <laughs> Church. It's a it's a profit making scheme, but it's quite recent as these things go, that there has been an official process for canonizing people with all that devil's advocate business, and which is fun. So many of the saints that we are interested in, uh, in our day-to-day lives, uh, came into existence as saints before there was any uh, official, like St. Valentine, who was a saint everyone knows, I suppose, because of Valentine's Day and St. Patrick, who everyone knows because the streets are running with green vomit. Uh, and St. George, who was the dragon guy. None of those are officially. I don't even think, are there relics of St. Patrick? His bell or no, something? Well, you know, his grave is in uh, Northern Ireland. Right. So I guess that's a relic. God knows what's inside the grave, though. Yeah. And, you know, Mary Magdalene, who's enjoying quite... Uh, moment of fame these days was was never made a saint and also has had a mixed reputation over the years. So because she, <laughs> she was uh, redheaded, and you know mm-hmm. what they're like. I mean, I need I say more. So as a lapsed Catholic myself, I mean, I know saints kind of run from inspiring to completely odious. Uh, yes. Which is kind of weird in its in its own right that these people <laughs> who are admittedly somewhat repulsive are elevated to the status. So, can you give me a few of your favorites of those who either are you find incredibly inspiring or incredibly just detestable or just interesting? Well, I, I want to say this, and it's not because I'm Irish and it's not because I'm a woman, but I think Saint Bridget is pretty cool. And she just built monasteries and she had whole communities that were that were successful farms and communes where she made beer and took in fed everybody. She's credited with founding Irish hospitality. And I think that is probably true. St. Bridget's prayer begins. I wish I had a great pool of ale (laughs) and Jesus and the apostles there drinking it with me. Her feast day happens to be on the feast day of a goddess, the the Celtic goddess of spring. Is that a coincidence? Did the church effectively baptize the goddess of spring? (laughs) But we do know that her feast day is the beginning of the year in Ireland. And so she represents, for example, milkmaids. Isn't that a great thing? There's a patron saint of milkmaids. Nursing Uh, mothers. Yes. At some point, the king of, I- of Ireland had a pet fox that danced, and the fox got away and was killed by hunters or something. And the fox's trainer realized that the king was going to kill him now because the king's favorite dancing fox. And so St. Bridget said, oh, let me let me see what I can do. And she summoned the fox out of the woods and taught it to dance. And that worked out nicely for everybody. But the idea that someone on the spur of the moment taught a fox to dance makes me want to believe in her very strongly. And that she had the ability to hang her cloak on a sunbeam to dry. Yeah, because she was in a hurry. She was in a hurry. (laughs) She was a woman on a mission. Yeah. So the the St. Bridget's Cross 
is a is a part of her that that stays around, you know, in the mainstream. That cross that's made out of palms. It is her. She trademarked that cross. But Rosemary loves Saint Bridget because she's Irish and a woman. It has nothing <laughs> to do with it. Just <laughs> the saint I can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> cannot bear. Oh, I know who this is. This is, you know, who is coming. Yes. Um, and she's an official saint. I mean, uh, the whole, she got the whole works in Rome and, and we have photographs of her. And you just one look at a photograph of her and you would know what I'm talking about. St. Teresa, the little flower, the most <laughs> obnoxious saint. Just recently, her shin bones or something were paraded through all the boroughs of New York for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> what was saintly about her is that she liked quietly suffering, but she let everyone know somehow that she was quietly suffering. She has a very and, big fan base. We have to be careful here. And she she offered up her suffering for the souls in purgatory. That was very kind of her. And she wished to go and be a missionary and die, but she was too feeble and stupid. <laughs> so they kept her in wherever they kept her. And she just sat around suffering. And, uh, and then she died. And so naturally, her shin bone is on tour. Uh, she's an irritating, a very irritating saint. I completely relate to her. I don't know. Is that right? <laughs> that's, that's me. Uh, you know, Mike, she's very, a lot of people adore her. And, they love and, her, and, yes. And uh, I, I don't have quite the problem that <laughs> <laughs> Well, part of my problem is there are two other St. Teresa's. One of them is a Spanish, Latin American, and the other was the great St. Teresa of Avila, one of the doctors of the church. And they are both people so admirable in every way that I sort of think, no, that, that's, we've got the Teresa thing locked down. We don't need another one, especially one who likes to let bugs crawl around her and offer it up for the souls in purgatory. You know, I mean, she, if she never taught a fox to dance, I'll tell you that. Mm. I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> What's the time frame of these saints? Like Bridget was when and Teresa was when? Bridget was, I, she was first century, for sure. As soon as Ireland was converted, she popped up. She wasn't quite a contemporary of uh but she was a contemporary of Columba. Columba, who is the greatest of Irish of the Irish saints. Yes. Yeah. Although I like Columbanus. I yeah. He's a big giant Irish policeman teaching mm -hmm. everyone in Europe to read. You know, that, that there's that book called How the Irish Saved Civilization, which is mostly silly. <laughs> but Columbanus, who came off the island of Iona and went into Europe and nobody could read. I mean, it was those no, dark he ages. He taught everybody how to read. He, they were very everybody dark, how to read. very, very yeah. dark. <laughs> Which was, you know, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the reasons that poetry until very recently has rhymed, because you ask what, the Latin poetry didn't rhyme, Greek poetry didn't rhyme. We lower the curtain, we raise the curtain, and poetry all rhymes. And that's because of Columbanus. The Irish are mad rhymers. They can't help themselves. It's just a thing they do. They were writing rhymes all the time. And so as a device for memorizing, right? It was a way to memorize. 30 days has September. And when Columbanus went and taught everybody in Europe to write poetry, he insisted that it rhyme. And until T.S. Eliot, Jules Lafleur, when was the first free verse? It was a long time coming because of the, of the Irish missionaries. 
that's the most useful information I've ever dispensed. I think you can just thank you for it. Yeah, you should. You probably should have saved it for like episode four or five. (laughs) Was there any point when you were like, "Wow, that's really messed up," or "I didn't know that," or "That's really incredible," or did you just kind of know the stuff like the back of your hand? And no, I learned much more than I ever knew. I I did find a few things like disconcerting, like Saint Rock, who's patron saint of plagues, by the way, went away for a long time, and when he came back, his dog started licking his open festering wound and then he found a little place right it's all about a man and his dog and an open festering wound and the whole thing really kind of disturbed me now a cool thing about rocky though is that in haiti they decided that his name was babalu okay and then desi arnaz got to sing the song to him babalu but he that same picture of a man on a crutch with wounds and a dog is one of the loas in voodoo So not only did Christianity incorporate the previous saints and gods and goddesses, but a religion like voodoo incorporates the Christian saints, which I think is kind of forward-looking of them. And I don't know if you remember when that little boy washed up on the shores of Florida. Ilian Gonzalez. Yeah. And the United States and Cuba practically went to war over who got him. His uncle, who was a great wonderful Cuban-American, had a big old statue of Babalu <laughs> in the front yard. And people were giving money to it because you want to stay on the right side of Babalu. Anyway, I there, it's a digression. But St. Rock, yeah, he's he does handle plagues, but he's icky. He's icky. In all of those places, what are they called? Botanicas, where you buy oh, magic right. candles and, and, and statues. He is always very prominent. Mm-hmm. They're rock Lazarus Babalu. I don't know. I guess if you burn his candle, you won't get the plague. I guess. I don't I guess. know. It's strange. He has so many different faces. Three faces of of, uh, of St. Rock. It brings to mind this question that I've been wondering about. Most people, and by most, I mean everyone, doesn't know any of this stuff uh, <laughs> with the level that, that you do. That said, you know, you see saints all the time in pop culture. You, you see St. Tupac candles and St. Fred oh, yes. t-shirts like Fred yes. Rogers, a.k.a. Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see like a Gen X nun and O-N-E as opposed to N-U and uh, uh-huh. buying and wearing a St. Fred or a St. Biggie shirt without really knowing anything about Catholicism, Christianity right. or any religion, right. really. So I guess the, my question is, what is it about saints that holds sway in the popular imagination? Or even to put it more crudely, why do people care or identify with these figures when there's no religious reason for them to, to do so ah, because they don't have uh, the background? You know, I, I was thinking about this too. I think a, a good way to describe saints to people who don't know anything about them is just to say they're very powerful spirits. Because everyone sort of does believe in spirits, I mean, on some level, and they happen to be powerful if you address them, or even even if you don't. There's just something that you can access in your life and can be inspiring, or can have, you know, disgusting wounds, but it doesn't make any difference. It's their spirituality, I think, that really counts in today's world, anyhow. Yeah, they're they're culture heroes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, indeed, Tupac is as much of a saint as any of these people. Who do you idolize? Who do you wish was here? Who would you like to talk to about your problems? Who do you feel isn't 
really dead, even though he's not on this plane anymore. The thing about saints is it's hereditary. For so long, in so much of the world, your name was the name of the saint's day on which you were born. That was how you got your name. There weren't a lot of names, and Martin Luther was born on the Feast of St. Martin. There you go. So that was a, a way they remained, right? And in a feudal, medieval, Renaissance world, there was a, a something dedicated to a saint, a church or a chapel or a painting or it's a digression, but how unlike me, I worked for a long time at an art school. And one of the things that I thought was amazing was that students, the kids, did not know the subjects of the paintings. See what I mean? They were saints and Bible scenes. That's what everybody painted until day before yesterday. And these kids had no idea. Who's the guy hanging on the stick? Oh, that would be the son of God. Moving right along. <laughs> the only thing for some reason everybody recognizes, I think, is the guy with shot through with all the arrows, St. Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. Yeah. He's, got, he's just so recognizable. And yes. they even know his name because I don't know why. <laughs> he's very much a gay icon. He is. Sebastian, right? Which is why Evelyn Waugh called the, the character in uh, Brideshead, we called him Sebastian, for, you know, like tip off, get it? <laughs> but then there was a cover of Esquire magazine, right, with Muhammad Ali. Oh, right. As George Saint- Lois did that. Yeah, but he, it's true, you're right, he hangs around. The real story of him, of course, is that the arrows didn't kill him. That's right. A, a nice widow took him home with her. That's right. But then he went back because he was determined to convert the other soldiers, the other guard, the emperor. He started picking fights. You'd think he'd be weak after all those arrows. I know, but what a guy. Yeah. And he ended up being thrown in the sewer, right? Mm -hmm. That was how he expired. So he's the patron saint of plumbers. (laughs) Somehow. Yeah. He was very handsome, of course. Gorgeous. Yeah. That's the only word you can use. Just gorgeous. (laughs) Most saints... Blonde. That, we, that They were really beautiful, yeah. There were, in those days, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of blonde Sicilian virgins, <laughs> okay? Uh, as evolution has moved along, possibly there are fewer now, but it's uh, extraordinary. St. Lucy, for example, yeah, was a blonde Sicilian virgin, and everyone loved her and wanted to jump on her bones. So to prevent that from happening because everyone said how beautiful she was she pulled her eyes out and you could see statues all over little italy of this young woman holding a plate with two eyeballs on it and uh, that's santa lucia and for some uh, reason she's very popular in sweden who celebrate her feast day around christmas time with many swedish treats swedish cookies but she's also the patron saint of gondoliers you know they sing that santa lucia song and of course lucy means light Yes, lucid. So she's the patron saint of the blind because she plucked her eyeballs out. You figure that one out. (laughs) The thing is that, as I said, Rosemary and I will corner people at parties and ask them who their patron saint is. And oh, you must have invited back. Yeah, no, because then when we tell them the story of their patron saint, they think, whoa. I'm not so bad after all. <laughs> I prevent plagues. You know? And you have a patron saint by your name. If you're, if you're named Martin, then all the St. Martins are available to you. You have a saint based on your birthday. Every day of the year is the day a saint died, his or her sacred birthday. And every occupation has a patron saint. Every country has a patron saint. And these are all pretty official 
But you could also just say, wow, I really like St. Agnes and just make yes. her your patient. You can just pick whatever you want. Agnes's relics were in a church here in Brooklyn. Uh, really? Called, yeah, except some pagan went in and took them and <laughs> they turned out to be cow, cow bones. But uh, <laughs> these things happen because ironically, because she should have had sheep bones, right? She was big, a big sheep person. Now, it <laughs> doesn't it, sound good. No. Is it Agnes or Agatha who has the uh, their breasts on a plate? I think it's I Agatha. Mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. She wouldn't give in to the lusty desires of a pagan. And so she had her breasts removed. Radical mastectomy. But <laughs> then in her prison cell that night, St. Peter appeared and put him back on. Mm-hmm. So that story may be a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Right. I'm not yeah, sure. Peter was kind of bitty. I know. But I think Peter was just copying a cheap feel. <laughs> he, was, he was known for being a, a, a fairly lusty guy, too. Yes, he was. He had a wife and mother-in-law and the whole thing, right? But he was a coward. He was a big coward. Oh, um, oh, I know. I know. I know. He was, he was a little bit of a chicken. Yeah. I kind of yeah. don't blame him, though. No, not at all. I think I would have done the same. I would have done the same yes. thing. <laughs> Hit it out of there. We're going, um, I was with him, but I'm not with him. What I mean is, you did see me with him, but that doesn't mean I'm with him. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw me. before in my life. No. Also, many Old Testament figures are saints, in case anyone feels left out here. I mean, Adam is a saint, for example, and has an official feast day and everything. All right. Well, there's a saint for everybody. I think that's a pretty good place to stop. Okay. So for the listeners out there, thanks for being with us. This is just a little taste of what we'll be talking about moving forward. As we said, there are patron saints for every occupation, every calendar date. There's a patron saint for hemorrhoids. There's a patron saint for drug dealers, (laughs) for troubled families and alcoholics and journalists, diplomats, scientists, immigrants. So through that lens, I think you start to see that saints touch upon things that we grapple with now, you know, topics ranging from... I just have to point out that the same patron saint of hemorrhoids is the patron saint of cab drivers. Oh, and so cab drivers, cool. as we know, have hemorrhoids. Every one of them. Oh, yes. See, that's, that's, that's an important factoid. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is why this podcast is needed. Valuable, know? sure. Yeah. So if there's something that you love or loathe in this world, like hemorrhoids, although I can't imagine anyone who loves hemorrhoids, but there is a patron saint for it. So... And uh, we're looking forward to talking about as many of them as we can to share their stories, because to understand them, to appreciate their strengths and acknowledge their shortcomings is a path toward more easily recognizing our common humanity. So I hope. Uh, yes. Yes. Hey, well yes. put, Mike. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. I did not write that down beforehand. So on behalf of wow. Sean, Rosemary and myself, thanks for listening to Saints Preserve Us. God willing, we'll do this again soon. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Uh.